spring, we're actually going deep and we're being invited by God to, to see God in everything, to see Jesus as Lord over all. Lord of everything living, a Lord of everything that we see, Lord of, that, of everything that we don't see. Because one thing that we've learned, and especially over, the, over this uh, spring, we're gonna be seeing it, that the Lord is committed to restoring every single part of our being. Every single part of our being, our insides, our outsides, with those, that, that which is visible, that which is invisible, and that is the promise from God that when we draw near to God, God will surely draw near to us. So uh, last week we took time to reflect on uh, how our confidence is in our calling, not in our circumstances. Circumstances come and go, situations come and go, but you and I, we are called and our confidence is in our calling not in our circumstances. So together as a community, let's keep Christ at the center of our calling and continue to make the invisible God visible through our life together. So with that in mind, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Colossians, chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. Colossenses, capítulo 1, uh, empezando en el versículo 15. And today I'm, I'm going to read the scriptures for us in English, but you can follow along in your heart language as well. Um, Colossians chapter 1, verses beginning at verse 15, and we will go all the way to 23 together. So let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the Word of God, and it should be up in the projector screen as well. Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all of creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven, things on earth, things visible and things invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Verse 17, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn and um, of the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Jesus, verse 20, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through, the, through his blood shed on the cross, verse 21. Once you and I, once we were alienated from God and we were enemies and, and, and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation, free from guilt, free from shame. Verse 23, if you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven uh, and of which I, Paul, the apostle, the author of this book, uh, under which I have become a servant. 
Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you because you are good. That's what we proclaimed this morning, that you are good. Great are you, Lord, in all times, in all seasons, in all moments, in our ups, in our downs, in our questions, in our, in our fears, in our anxieties, in our joys, in our happiness. You are good, Lord. You're the goodness in our hearts, in our lives, in our, in our community. Lord, right now we want to pray for this community that continues to follow you faithfully. And Lord, we pray that you would be the one to provide everything that we need. We can't do it on our own, but we look to you. I love that prayer from our brother Sam, Lord, learning from the family of God in Kenya. What problem do we think is too big for God? Nothing. If God is for us, who can be against us? No one. So, Lord, help us to just keep our minds and our eyes fixed on you today. We pray for all of those that need you, Lord. We thank you for the warm weather. And at the same time, Lord, we pray for this snow melt that's going to add even more water, Lord, than perhaps we can handle. And, um, Lord, we did pray for rain, and we, ha we have it now. We have water in abundance, Lord. But now we pray for those that are challenged with um, now navigating that, Lord, and especially here in our agricultural community, Lord, well, there, there will be some, some things to overcome and some challenges and some uh, financial loss. But, Lord, we pray for also um, just the lives and the livelihood of your people here in the Central Valley, Lord God, and throughout the world. We pray for nations, Lord, in deep need of you. We pray, as we have been for... Um, with, for countries, Lord, navigating challenges and war, Lord, for Sudan, for Ukraine. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy, Lord God. And God, we um, also just pray that we would be able to show up as Jesus' people in some challenging and dark corners, especially in this time, Lord, where there has been um, moments and stories of extreme of, 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 of real extreme things, Lord, of extreme harm and violence, Lord, that is not from you. And God, we just pray that we would be your people, your light in whatever places, in whatever shadows you call us to. We love you, Lord, and we pray that you would speak to us this morning in a way that is fresh and new. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So we're in this book in the New Testament called Colossians, and I, I love how as a community we go through books in the Bible because we understand that there's a story to every single book of the Bible. It's not just random, it's not just there by coincidence, but it has a purpose. And what we've been learning about the book of Colossians, um, written by the Apostle Paul, is that Colossians is a letter, uh, is a letter for everyone. This good word that we read in Colossians is for everyone, especially for all people who think that they know something about God, as well as those who feel like they don't know anything about God. Because Colossians actually invites us into a much, much bigger story, not only into learning something new or learning about something better, but about learning about someone better and a greater story. Specifically, Colossians invites us to receive the absolute supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus Christ as the perfect image of who God is, no more, no less. 
What Colossians actually does is it says that if you want to know the living God, the eternal God, then you must know Jesus. Jesus is the pathway and the access that we have to the eternal God, creator of heaven and earth. This is exactly what it says in verse 15 and verse 16. If we can put up the slide for verse 15 and 16 of Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, and you can follow along in your Bible, it says that the Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all of creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, things visible and things invisible, whether thrones or powers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. That's a big, big, big story that Colossians is is inviting us into. It's a bigger story than just my Sunday routine or just my little religious tradition or my rebellion or whatever it may be. Colossians is a good message and it's an eternal message and it's a book, a letter in the Bible that is for everyone. Whether we're younger, whether we're older, whether we're, we're, we're new to church, whether we're seasoned in church, whether we feel like we know nothing about God, or we're vaguely interested, or whether we claim to be experts on godly matters, although that's pretty funny because none of us are. We're all growing every single day. We're imperfect people worshiping a perfect God. The book of Colossians, this special book in the New Testament, has a way of equalizing all of us where we're all on common ground together, on shared space together, it equalizes us and invites us to receive a new word from God, to receive a bigger story about who Jesus is. And this is one of the key messages in Colossians, and you can write this down, um, and it should be up in the slides as well, but this is one of the key messages. Jesus, Jesus Christ, is God's direct communication. Jesus is God's direct communication, and he's actually the key to authentic relationship with God in our walk with God. So God has spoken, and Jesus is his direct communication. Now, a lot of the story of Scripture is God's continued persistence in communicating with his people. That's what you see throughout the entire Old Testament and parts of the New Testament as well. Colossians embraces that same biblical theme. And one way that we can understand Scripture, the entire Bible, this, this precious book that God has given us, is we can really understand it in, in terms of what happened before Jesus and then after Jesus. <clears throat> And before Jesus, through what we read throughout the Old Testament and the prophets and the stories um, there, really it's, um, it's all before Jesus and it's God giving us signs and hints of who he is. But then God reveals himself fully in Jesus Christ, in God's perfect timing. So together as God's people, we can really understand that mysterious uh, movement throughout the Bible, what happened before Jesus and what happens after Jesus. 
But as it says here in verse 15, the Son, Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God. So all of those hints, all of those signs that we read about in in the New Testament or that we see throughout nature, that's creation, that's giving a hint of who God is. But all of that is a hint and a sign, but then God fully reveals himself to us, his heart, his mind, his character in Jesus Christ. That's part of what we read here in this special message. As it says, he's the firstborn of all creation. By him and for him, all things were created. Many of you know, again, with that idea in mind, that communication is key. And Jesus is God's direct communication to us. In any kind of relationship, communication is what will be the foundation for a healthy relationship. Every time that I've been asked to officiate a wedding, um, I've just learned it over time. I I won't officiate anyone's wedding unless they are willing to go through a series of premarital counseling sessions together. And one of the um, sessions that we go through is on one of the building blocks on a healthy marriage, and that is communication. Oftentimes, a marriage will thrive or languish or diminish based on communication, on the strengths or the weaknesses in the communication. Communication is one of the key pillars in a healthy marriage. Communication is a key pillar in any other personal relationship as well. In professional relationships, in friendships, communication is key. And one thing that I've shared with folks in these premarital counseling sessions on communication is um, just the fact that words have power. So be thoughtful about your words because your words will impact your partner, your wife, your husband, your friend, your family member, your child, unlike anything else. Words matter. Communication really matters. Words have the power to actually create whole new worlds, whole new realities. Words have the power to destroy old realities. Words have the power to make something new or to wipe away something that was. Together, as a church community, we're starting a new chapter in our church, and we need to see it in our mind's eye. In the name of Jesus, we need to see it and even speak it into existence. We need to see it and believe it and trust that God is working it all out together. Because words have the power to create new realities. Amen? You can write that one down. It should be up on the slides as well. Words have the power to create new realities. And Jesus is God's direct communication to us. The Bible begins actually with a whole new world, with this beautiful creation, this, this place, that we, this, uh, this life that we have and all of the creation that's around us. This whole world came to exist by what? By words. God spoke life into existence. God spoke our lives into existence. 
So as God's people, may we use our words to build up rather than tear down. May we speak life into this new season of our church life together. In our life together, and you can write this down, should be up on the slides, in our life together, we can speak life into one another. We can choose to speak well, to build up, to encourage, to strengthen, and speak life. Even in those moments where we have hope through relationships, that's an opportunity to speak life into your sister or brother in Christ into a newcomer, into a stranger, into a new relationship. Speak blessings, speak encouragement, speak care in the form of truth and love. That's one thing we commit to here at Imago Church, that our communication with one another is going to be HDR. Honest, direct, and respectful. That's part of our commitment here together. We can use our words to speak life into one another, just as God uses his words to speak life to us and the, and, and the word Jesus, the living word, to give life, new life to us. And that's what we see in, in, in creation. God spoke life into existence. And there are different stages of God speaking throughout the scriptures. The first stage is in creation, right? God speaks life. He speaks creation into existence. Then throughout the the rest of the scriptures before Jesus in the Old Testament, we see God giving hints and signs through the prophets, through all of those amazing stories in the Old Testament. when, when, When all of those things point to something bigger. But then here we see that in this final stage, that's what Paul's talking about here in Colossians. This is after the death and resurrection uh, and ascension of Jesus. He's saying that God has now not only given hints, not only given signs, but he's given us his direct communication. He says in verse 15, chapter one, verse 15, that he, Jesus the Son, is the image of the invisible God. So we don't have to guess anymore. We don't have to just get caught up in hints and signs and confusion, but he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all of creation and the first in a new creation too that God is doing. So you can go ahead and write this down here as well, but the Bible is, how do we understand the Bible, right? The Bible is God's book about Jesus We read it, we study it, and we understand it in the light of Jesus. Because here's the truth. Lighting determines what we see. The way that that the lighting is, that will determine what we see. In fact, many of you know that vision is based on what? Lighting, right? Colors, patterns, everything that we see is based on how our eyes actually interact with light. So lighting determines what we see. And our calling as God's people in uh, really seeing Jesus as Lord of all of what is visible and invisible is we're going to ask God to, have, uh, to teach us to see, have Jesus be our lighting in which we understand everything in which we understand scripture, in which we understand life together with each other. 
but an example, right, that happened several years ago that literally split the entire world apart on this whole idea of lighting, determining what we see, is uh, this very famous or infamous dress that maybe some of you remember, and it should be right behind me um, if, if it's there. Um, it's, uh, it's this very famous, um, infamous dress right behind me. Shailene, I'm not sure if you have it there. Um, there we go. Who remembers that dress here from several years ago? Some of you remember this, this optical test, this illusion, right? Now I'm just gonna ask some of you right now, right? Who here sees a blue and black dress up on the screen? <laughs> now who here sees a white and gold dress? <laughs> I want you to look around. We're all seeing the exact same thing, but half a, a portion of the room sees a blue and black dress, including me. I only see a blue and black dress up there. And then a whole other half sees a white and gold dress. Isn't it incredible? We're both, we're all seeing the exact same thing, but you know what, what it actually is? Lighting determines what you see. The way that God made our eyes biologically is different, each one of us, and the way we interpret and see the light determines what we see there. I know, it's very, very strange. I still haven't figured it out, and the world is actually split apart by those that see blue and black and those that see white and gold up there. Lighting determines what we see. Well, there was some research that happened, and I do believe that the, the dress is actually black and blue. So sorry to, to blow your bubble on it. Anyway, it's black and blue to me, and it will always be black and blue, right? But lighting determines what we see. So my, <clears throat> my question to you, friends, brothers, sisters, is by which light are you seeing and understanding God? That will determine what you see. How do you treat and love your neighbor who doesn't look like you or think like you or act like you? The invitation from this very special book in Colossians is, and where we're seeing Jesus is Lord of all, is to have Jesus be the light in which we see everything. Have Jesus be the light in which we see our neighbors, especially those who don't look, think, and act like us. See them in the light of Jesus. Not in the light of your expectations, not in the light of your political views, not in the light of your religious rules and customs, but you love and care for your neighbor and walk alongside them in the light of Jesus. Because the light that we see, the light is what determines what we see. Light is what determines our pathway. Have Jesus be our light instead of all of these other filters that we use. And it's only when we truly engage in communication can, can real growth, real maturity happen in our relationship with God. Jesus is God's direct communication. And we can trust in Jesus as God's perfect communication. 
So we can truly trust that when we interact with people in the light of Jesus, we are aligning ourselves with the heart of God and the mind of God. Why? Because as it says here, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, the Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all of creation. So when in doubt, look to Jesus. When in doubt on how to engage that situation or that person or that biblical passage or that, that, that hard conversation, when in doubt, look to Jesus. Look to that situation in the light of Jesus. Not just in the light of your expectation, not just in the light of what you think or don't think. Look at it with a fresh lens in the light of Jesus. That's really the central claim of these verses is that Jesus perfectly reflects God's own inner being. So to put it very clear for us, and we have a slide for this, if we can put it right up, and you can write it down. When we look to, to look at Jesus is like looking into a mirror of God himself. Because the character of God is exactly reproduced in the person of Jesus Christ. So again, when in doubt, look at it in the light of Jesus. Look to God in light of Jesus. Sometimes as people that have been in the church for some time or, or not so long, we can um, sometimes find it easy to just say, yeah, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of Jesus, or I think he was a good guy or a good teacher or whatever it may be. I can get behind that. But what really Paul here and the early believers in Colossians are confronting us with is even a deeper and a harder and a greater truth. And that's specifically this, that not only is Jesus like God, but God is like Jesus. So if we, if the, if we want to get to know the living God, then we must know Jesus. And in fact, that's, that's the step to be taken here together. If you want to get to know the living God, then the best way to understand the eternal and everlasting God is by fixing our eyes on Jesus. We can read, 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 question, question, uh, run away, do all of those actions that may come instinctual to us. But the best way to get to know the living God is by fixing our eyes on Jesus, on the living Lord. Because Jesus is that pathway, that roadway for us, for us, limited people, vulnerable, broken people like you and me. Jesus is our pathway to connect with the eternal and perfect God. That's what Jesus does. He actually connects the invisible with the visible the temporary with the eternal, the eternal with the everyday. And here's the truth, that if we believe that Jesus reigns supreme and that we can understand everything in light of that big, big story and we can now see everything in the light of Jesus, if that is the case, then everything changes. Everything changes for you and me and everything changes with the beginning of a reality check 
And that reality check is that yeah, if this is true, what verse 15 and 16 is saying, that by him and for him all things were created, then that means that Jesus reigning supreme means that there is someone at the center of the universe, at the center of reality. And guess what? That someone is not you or me. It's Jesus. I'm sorry to break it to you. You're not the center of the universe. And neither am I. There is one who is at the center, and it is Jesus. He's the constant of all of reality. He is God incarnate. Here's the amazing thing that we can remember and reflect on, and that's the fact that everything and everyone that we know will come and go. All of creation will come to pass, including the things that we hold so dear to, things like status, things like material things or stuff, right? Our idols, those things that we get touchy on when someone tries to touch on it, all of that will come to pass and is actually passing even now in every passing moment. But the reality of Jesus being the center of all, that will remain. That will remain throughout all of eternity because Jesus is the source of all life. As it says here, verse 16, 116, remember this, memorize this, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Jesus is God's perfect communication to us. The key for all of humanity to get a personal and authentic relationship with the living and eternal God. There's a key, there's a pathway, there's a light that we can use to get there. So if you hear anything from this message today, I just want you to hear this, and you can go ahead and write this down. Jesus is God's direct communication, and Jesus is the key to closeness with God. It's not going to be our own efforts, our own rituals, our own knowledge, our own lack of knowledge, our rule-keeping, our rule-breaking, none of that. Jesus Christ is going to be the key to closeness with God. So if you want to know God, get to know Jesus. Even in your own scripture reading routine, right? Start with the gospels. Start with understanding the life of Jesus and see how the people um, were impacted forever by him throughout the New Testament and then read the Old Testament in light of Jesus. Friends, brothers, sisters, to affirm that Jesus is Lord of all that is visible and invisible, things that are seen and things that are unseen, that's, that's huge and that's transformational. And that transformation, that journey can begin today. It can begin here. It can begin now. All you need to do is trust. Trust in Jesus. Trust in him more than you do in yourself more than you do in people, more than you do in situations, circumstances, finances. Trust in Him and see what He does. Trust in the Lord. Draw near to Him and you will see Him draw near to you. 
So here's my final question for us today as we take time to conclude in prayer and then in one closing song. Where do you have your eyes fixed? Who do you have your eyes fixed on? What are you looking at? Or what are you looking at? Where do you spend your time, your focus on? Because our perspective, again, is going to be determined by lighting and what we focus on, right? Because whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it. Some of you know this, right? Like you never notice the the car that you drive until you buy that car and then you notice everyone has that car, right? And it's on every corner. Whatever you look for, you're going to find. If you're looking to belong, then you're going to belong. If you're looking to set yourself apart, then guess what? You're always going to feel set apart. Whatever you look for, you will find. So where do you have your eyes fixed on? Because what you have your eyes fixed on will guide you on your journey and on your destination. Some of you know this and you've gotten trained in driving before, right? And it's always very, um, something very uh, anxious for a new driver when you have to drive in a freeway next to those big semi-trucks, right? And uh, the temptation at first is to just keep looking at them so that you don't hit them. But what's going to happen if you're just looking at them? You're going to hit them. And they're prepared for that, right? That's happened to them many times, and they have that big thing there to just destroy your little aluminum car. But um, where you have your focus will determine your destination. If you're focusing on what you don't want to crash into, guess what you're going to do? You're going to crash into it. If you're just focused on that big thing, on that problem, guess what you're going to do? You're going to crash into it. But what we're going to do as God's people together in this season is we're going to acknowledge, yes, the semi-truck is there, that problem is there, that overwhelming thing is there, but our focus won't be there. Our focus will be on Jesus We will fix our eyes on him, on the Lord of all, on the source of life, and he will guide us on our journey, and he will get us to our destination. He will take you home safely and securely. Keep your eyes on him, not on that giant thing that's not even in your lane, by the way. Keep your focus on him. Because by him and for him, all things were created, all things visible and invisible. And um, friends, brothers, sisters, may we look directly to Jesus alone as we place our complete and full trust in him. Let's take some time to pray together. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you, Lord God that you are mighty, amazing, good, gracious, kind. And today I pray, Lord, that we may look directly to you, to Jesus alone, as we place our full hope in you. We believe in the name of Jesus, Lord. That name that is sufficient, that name that is simple, that name that is all-powerful. 
a name that is simple enough for a child to understand and to be saved, Lord. And a name that is so vast that not even all of the smartest and so-called most wise and intelligent people in history and the world, they cannot and will not fully contain that name. The name of Jesus. Jesus is Lord over all, all things that are seen and unseen. Lord, we invite you into those spaces that are messy, those spaces that we don't want anyone to see, but we invite you, Lord, to take your rightful place as the center there. Help us, God, to fix our eyes on you today. That is enough. That will sustain us, Lord God. We don't have to fix our eyes on just the overwhelming challenge right next to us or behind us or in front of us, Lord. There's a reason that what's in front of us, the windshield is much larger, Lord, than the the, than the, the, the back view mirror, the rear view mirror, Lord, so that we can focus on what's ahead. Help us to fix our eyes on you today, Lord. That is enough. We believe in you, Lord. We believe that you are Lord of all, seen and unseen, on earth and eternity, Lord. You're the Lord of heaven and earth. For you, all things were created. Things above, things below, things on earth, things in eternity. All that we see and all that we don't see whether thrones or powers or rulers, all of that will come and go. But you remain because all things have been been created through you and for you, Lord. So God, use us, choose us, pick us, Lord, for your purposes here and now. We love you, Lord. We pray that your will would be done. Strengthen us, move us forward. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. Forgive us when we've been distracted on just others and on secondary things, Lord. That's what we're committing to today. To stay locked in on you and where you're taking us. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your precious, precious word this morning that's filled us like a fresh cup of water. As we continue in worship and go into praise, may we experience your presence, your power, and your promises here and throughout the week. It's in your faithful name we pray, Jesus.